we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Northern Power Women podcast with me, your host, Simone Roche. In this brand new season, which we are calling the Rise Up season, I will be talking to individuals that have been recognised over the past five years of the Northern Power Women Awards, which I created to encourage people to high five each other and showcase role models from and across the North. Role models are absolutely in our DNA and in the last 18 months has shown us it is even more important than ever to spotlight the amazing change makers and trailblazers that we have up here. You've got until the 11th of October to submit your nomination for the largest award celebrating gender equality in Europe. And please do help showcase someone to rise up. And to celebrate the launch, I am super duper excited to be joined by a very special guest who, even as she continues to rise up, has found time to join us today, cuppa in hand from her busy, busy schedule and very impressive studio. It's the founder and creative director of Crafters Companion, which is a global craft retailer with its UK HQ right up in the northeast and a UK US head office over in California. The youngest ever dragon on Dragon's Den when she joined back in 2019. Winner of this year's Northern Power Women Entrepreneur of the Year Award and much more. Passionate about championing women in business, the benefits of mentoring and, of course, her wonderful Northeast roots. I'm, of course, talking to the ultimate Northern Power Woman, Sarah Davis, MBE. Welcome. Indy Samora, I don't know what to say after that. You've got me all blushing. <laughs> Do you know what? Last time we spoke was on the night of the awards back in March when we, we doorstepped yes. you, didn't we? <laughs> What what a night that was! I mean, you know, you know, to be sat chatting away to all these women to then win that award, and then two minutes later have a knock at the door, and someone actually hand me. It was just nice to see people in real life, to be honest. And then someone hand me an award was just absolutely off the chart. It was just what I think, just what I needed at that t- time, but just what I think loads of people needed for a pick me up at that time. Oh, uh, and there was something we were quite adamant about: was how do we get these beautiful works of art into the hands of our women? on that evening and and even better we had some of the best pictures um we did, recorded a live podcast and i think you had your slippers on by that point i did <laughs> i had my slippers on all night well it was one of them zoom calls i thought no one's ever going to see me beat oh <laughs> uh, well you won the outstanding entrepreneur at the awards this year what makes a great entrepreneur oh that's a brilliant question and i think um from my end i always feel like when, when people ask me what what is it that makes me different or stand out? I think it's tenacity. Tenacity, drive, passion, being really dynamic. I, I think when I look at other entrepreneurs and ones in particular who've been really successful, they all seem to have that drive and tenacity running through their DNA. 
And actually, you posted recently on LinkedIn about the support of a community of businesswomen in the north. And I think that was at the start of your funding and investment journey. Why was it important now to shout out for those those women? I think Caroline Theobald was, was one of those who we talked about just before the recording. Do you know, Caroline's been a, a huge inspiration in my business career, as have many women around the northeast. And, you know, I first got to know Caroline and some of the other women in our region when I joined the Gabriel Investment Panel when I was actually in my early 20s. And for me at that time, I think I was always trying to fit in and I was trying to be what I thought I needed to be, not being myself. And I think surrounding myself with other really powerful, strong women, successful entrepreneurs, as opposed to being surrounded by just successful men, it made me stop trying to be someone that I thought everyone expected me to be. And I looked at these women and thought, I want to be like those women. And do you know, that was such an instrumental turning point, I think, in my career, spending time with those other really high powered Northeast women. And so now I think it's, you know, 10 years on or whatever. I think if a lot of other women in our region look at me, I want them to feel empowered in the same way that I did back then. And I think it's one of those, I always think it's, it's, we have a real responsibility to embrace ourselves as role models. You know, every single person is a role model to someone else. And, and again, the reason why we created the awards was to create, I wanted to create the biggest kind of noise about noisy Northern role models. And I wanted, I didn't want anyone to ever look up and think that there wasn't somebody for them. So why do you think it's important to, to have awards, not just Northern Power, but why there are awards? Why is it important to kind of recognize uh, individuals you've talked about uh, the likes of those powerful women but why is it important to rise other people up yeah so from from my end um I think it's a British thing in particular. We don't celebrate success in the same way like the Americans would celebrate success. And then I think women in particular, we just kind of get on. We don't stop and take stock for a moment and celebrate that success. And I just think the, you know, the real boost it can give someone, even if it's not winning the award, but being nominated for an award, being put forward, somebody else stepping back and saying, I think you are outstanding at what you do and I'm going to put you forward for something, even if that person never wins the the mental impact it can have on them gives everyone such a boost and and it's just it's shining a light on people who otherwise just go about doing their thing every day don't expect anyone to notice and how is everybody going to champion it and how are they going to be role models if people like you don't come along and shine a light on them uh do you know what i love you saying that because that was that was the whole ethos why i wanted to do this i remember on the very first year of the awards i remember getting an email going you know i had to send those emails out to say oh god amazing you know nomination sadly you haven't been shortlisted on this occasion and I got this this email back from this lady who went oh my god I'm absolutely gutted I'm so happy that you've created these but I just is there anywhere that I could see my name because I've never had anything like this before and it was from that one comment that in the brochures on a big kind of um, selfie wall every single year now we put everyone's name because it's to your point that you've just said even having that nomination it actually makes you the fact that someone took the time to put their key, their fingers to a keyboard, right? I think those those small things can mean such an awful lot to people and boost that confidence. 
Do you know, it does. And I, and I remember the night of the awards, obviously it was all virtual this year. And I was in a room, which was like my little table, chatting with the other people at that, at that table. And it was people from completely different walks of life to me. And, and I remember two of them in particular had been nominated by other people within their companies and they were just beyond proud as punch. It did not matter what happened that night, whether they won or not. The fact that somebody had thought they were good enough to do this had, had absolutely, you could just see the chest, chests puffed out, walked a little bit taller. And I thought that's what it's all about tonight. Not just about the winners, about everybody who's been nominated. 100%. And I think this leads into Dragon's Den. This is, you have been such a massive whirlwind of energy. And there's some brilliant dragons on there. I know Deborah Meaden was a, someone you particularly looked up to but you've seen so many pictures you've seen so many um you know businesses come into that room what makes a good pitch and a great story to you oh do you know it's interesting when you say great story I'm definitely a product woman and obviously because my background is very much tv shopping what I've spent a lot of time doing is when when they come through the the elevator doors and they give us that pitch. If it is a product idea, I'm looking for what is the story? What's the hook? How are we going to tell this story? And then more importantly, how good are they at being a storyteller? Because I think we emotionally buy into brands on a completely different level. And if they are, I mean, I just look at some of the investments I've done this last season. Peachy Lean was one, for example, inspirational female entrepreneur from Ireland. She had a, a real story to tell as to why she'd done the business, the products that she developed were completely different. They were for women. They were addressing a need. And she was just a phenomenal storyteller and somebody you wanted to succeed. And I thought, if I feel like that about her, that's how the nation are going to feel. And I just know the night it aired, she had hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of orders, euros worth of orders in her case. Um, it was just absolutely astronomical. But it's that mix of solving a problem with the product, but the entrepreneur being outstanding, having the drive and the tenacity that we've talked about. And is that is that then that is that absolute balance between the business idea, that product and that that storytelling, isn't it? It's, you know, so what are the what the top three bits of advice you would put to, you know, put to uh, someone who is putting together either a a pitch, whether they're going for investment, whether they're on Dragon's Den, whether they're they're writing a proposal uh, for to a prospective client or within their company. What are those top three tips that what's the the Sarah Davis way? Or well, I, I mean, this, oh no, I am more than happy to share the insider knowledge. And um, so, from my point of view, is when when I'm going into a pitch, and it's just the same. If I'm going into a pitch, you're coming to the den. Be confident. Be confident. Don't BS, but be confident. Make sure you know your stuff and deliver it with conviction whatever it is because at the end of the day we're buying into you as a person first and foremost and then the business and the product secondary and I want to see that you're confident in what you're doing so confidence is the first one make sure you've researched and understood the market and also the competitive landscape there's nothing worse than I don't know your market and your industry, but if I can ask a question that seems like a common sense question that you haven't already thought of, if someone's, you know, we say, who's your biggest competitor? Or, or, and then someone says, oh, there's no competition to this. Rubbish. There's competition to everything. Might not be direct, but there's competition to everything. And um, 
If you can't in that point demonstrate to me that you have a full understanding what all of the barriers to the success are, someone's standing there and blindly telling you, no, nobody's ever invented anything like this. This is going to be a huge success. Just take, tells me you're delusional, not that you're, you've really reinvented the wheel. So make sure you understand the opportunity. And then also give them an offer they can't refuse. You know, I've had offers in the day where people come in with an astronomical valuation for their business. You know, they, they, they only need 20, 30,000 pounds to get started, but they've asked for a hundred thousand and they only want to give away 5% of their business. And I look at their business and I think your business is barely worth a couple hundred grand. So actually you can't walk out of the den with anything less than the hundred thousand. So I can't offer you anything less than half the business because I'm, I'm valuing your business appropriately and there's nowhere to go. Whereas if they only really needed 20 to 30 grand, they should have come in asking for that. And then they could have gone away, given away less of their business. So make me an offer that I can't refuse and make it compelling enough that I want to be on that journey with you. I can feel a whole range of merch out of that. Sorry, that feels like a, a whole load of slogans on T-shirts, doesn't it? <laughs> make me an offer. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't refuse. refuse. But I think that slices all ways, doesn't it? Like you said, so whether that is, you know, in front of, you know, on a TV stage, whether it be in going for a promotion, even if you like, or, a, yep. you know, a new client, it all works the same, doesn't it? You know, uh, I think that is so important. I think you talked about being confident as well. And I've, I've over the years, I kind of got a bit drawn down a little bit with the whole, oh gosh, we always associate women with lack of confidence. Um, and I, I'm not sure it's always that, but I definitely, I definitely think there's bits of that, you know, and I think sometimes um, it can be historically tougher for women to be entrepreneurs, especially in that investment stage. Do you think that's still the case? And what, what can we do about it? Yes, I, I would agree. And confidence is something I find there's two sides to confidence. There's confidence that you're feeling and confidence that you're exuding. And um, actually, I'm when I was younger, I wasn't the most confident person in the world, um, but I never, ever let it show. And and to be honest, now I've reached the the grand, dizzy old heights of my mid-30s and, and now I am confident. Now I go into a room and I think this room's lucky to have me in it. Whereas I didn't used to think that I used to have imposter syndrome all the time and think, oh, I shouldn't be here. I can't believe I've got here. But I never let that show. And I think it's it's all about, it's the little tricks that you pick up along the way. So for me, it was a good pair of heels. Good pair of heels, I would stand taller and it would give me the posture and it would make me stand in a certain way. Um, and maybe it was a couple of little body language tricks that I'd learned or how I used to dress. Whatever it is, do the little tricks that are going to make you feel confident so that you exude confidence that little bit more because it is harder. And whether it's, you know, when I was growing up in business, I always felt like I was on the back foot because I was a woman, because I was from the North and I had this delightful accent and everyone knew exactly where I was from because I was younger than everybody else. Um, because I was in the craft industry and immediately you talk to someone and they say, oh, what do you do? I say, well, you know, people who are into making handmade cards and I would watch the eyes glaze over. So I always felt like whatever I was doing, I was setting off as the underdog on the back foot. And actually, it's a position of power to be on that back foot, to be from there. Because then actually the the winning, the achievement, whatever it is, is all the sweeter when you can prove other people wrong. I think it's about being memorable as well, isn't it? It's because I, I, yes. I was, I started my career in the military and there's certain things you think, oh gosh, no, I can't do that. That's clearly out of my boundaries. I'm a, I'm a short northerner. You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's, it's that association. But, but, you know, as a proud northerner, what makes the north so special for you? You've retained your headquarters in the northeast of the UK, but what makes the north so special? It's the people. 
it, 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 honestly, it's the people. They are so warm, loving, supportive. You know, I, I, I go down to London and I, I get on the tube and, and I'm sitting down like I would if I was on the metro and I try and chat away to people and people put their headphones in and look the other way. And I, and I remember getting on the metro, you know, it was a couple of years ago now when I'm chatting away to everybody on the metro, just just like any anybody else, you know, would be on there, 20 minutes. And then as I got off at the other end, someone just said to me, I just want to say, we're so proud of you, you know. It's it's amazing what you're doing for this region. And and I, I never in a million years thought anybody I was chatting to had any idea who I was, any you know, anything like that. And they hadn't treated me any differently, and I hadn't treated them any differently. But the northern people are so friendly, and I just think we get short shrift wherever we go. And a big passion of mine is creating employment in this area, and that is both. You know, championing jobs in the region. We, we, you know, we have offices, as you said, in California. We have people work for us across Europe, across uh, the US and Canada. But I have my main, I would say 80% of my staff are situated in the northeast of England here. And, and I'm servicing our global business from the northeast. We've had people relocate from the US, from Europe to the northeast. And I just think when, when people get here, they're like, oh my God, I can see why it's so amazing here. And it's just such a different feel. And, and I think that's what we need to shine a light on more and champion a little bit more. Oh, 100%. And you know, your whole passion and energy about the North comes through. I love it when I, uh, if when I go to London, I always make sure I've got a Northern Power Women badge on. Nice. Because then when you do start over chatting to people on the train, they look and they go, ah, now we get it. You're, <laughs> you're a Northerner. <laughs> you need to send me one of them badges. That's a good idea. It's coming in the post, but it is, you almost see that dawning, that light go on. And uh, you know what? Sorry, you are literally the ultimate northern power women when i knew that you would agree to come on uh, our rise up season it, you know you had to be the opening episode for us i'm just so proud that you are such a fantastic inspiration in the north what you're doing for the north i thank you on behalf of everyone creating jobs creating smiles creating chat creating energy i thank you so much for joining us up on this special rise up special season as we launch the northern power women awards thank you so much sorry it's been wonderful hey you can get me chatting about the north any day of the week it's shutting me up again that's always the problem (laughs) never never we always talk about keeping the conversation going we'll put the link to nominate in the show notes all you have to do is register a profile pick the category you'd like to nominate in you've got until the 11th of october to submit your nomination and make your mark on the Northern Power Women Awards. 2022 seems like forever. Um, The Northern Power Awards is for all sectors, levels and all genders. And most definitely never just for one night, but about telling the amazing stories, including the ones we've heard today in and from the North. Who's doing it? Who's doing those inspiring things, those purposeful things? Get those pictures together. Cut out the BS. Be confident and rise someone up. Thanks so much for joining us. Catch up on our socials, North Power Women and Northern Power Women on all our other socials. Drop us a line, podcast at Northern Power Women. I'm Simone Roche. You've been listening to the Northern Power Women podcast, a What Goes On Media production. Oh, yeah.